Yes, amen and amen. Hey, the many moods of Christmas, not unlike the colors of Christmas, demand all that we are to take it all in. And what a wonderful morning it has been. You know, we're in the middle of this series of messages, and I have just a brief message this morning. Go ahead and grab your Bible, in fact. And gang, we might want to turn the lights up a bit. Grab your Bible and turn to the book of Romans. Um, As we think about the many moods of Christmas, that was sweet three of four that we just heard. Last week we looked at, as we talk about the colors of Christmas, the blue Christmas. Some of you were here, we talked about uh, this seasonal sadness that can come for some of us, even grief, uh, depression as we walk through this time of the year. But you know, one thing that I see among a lot of us, if we're honest, and it's hard Not to get excited about Christmas, but some of us are just kind of indifferent. I mean, let's be honest. As we move into the season, too many parties, all right? Too many activities for some of us. Now, I love Christmas, and I love everything about it. Going to another party tonight. But some of us, you know, we're just kind of overwhelmed. Maybe too many, too much food, right? Maybe there's financial pressures or too many relatives. I mean, we can't say that out loud. You know, the weird uncle who shows up or the the challenges that we have with family. Seriously, some of us have some things that go way back and those cousins or those distant relatives or certain ones are either not welcome or they come, but it's awkward. And what I find at Christmas time is kind of this more acute kind of sense that really is throughout the year. Some of us are indifferent about what Christmas really is all about because we've lost a passion for the Lord. And the only way to regain this passion, this vibrancy, is to rediscover the gospel. All that we have sung about this morning. All that Christmas really is about. And today we're going to talk about the red, the purpose of Christmas, the color red. Red is the color of purpose, right? Uh, Red is not a passive color. Red is not indifferent at all. In fact, when we see Christmas ornaments, we think of red, right? Some of you are wearing red, perhaps, even now. We think of fire trucks. Red is, you know, a a color of emergency, of urgency. Red is a color of love, right? It's the color of emotion. It's the color of passion, even anger. Red's not an indifferent color. It's an explicit color. Red is, is, uh, is a color of warning. We see it on ambulance lights, right? It's the color that tells us, watch out, warning. It tells us to be cautious. It warns us of people, perhaps, that we might need to avoid. Uh, It tells us, um, it tells children where you can go or not go. Be careful, kids, because you never know what might happen, right? Um, Red is the color uh, that tells us to, to watch out for dogs that might be in the neighborhood, right? Red is a color of purpose, all of this. Red is, 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 an, is color of alarm, watch out. Red is a warning sign for us, right? But here's what I want you to see. I want you to turn in the book of Romans in chapter five, Romans five, verse, uh, verse six through 11, we're gonna look at. Because what I wanna do this morning, just a brief moment before we go, we're gonna sing yet another great, great song as we close. But before we go, I want us to look at really the purpose of Christmas. Romans chapter 5 tells us what the the purpose of Christmas is all about. Now, Paul, throughout the book of Romans, he's telling us uh, what Christmas is all about. The first four chapters of Romans, he tells us 
that it doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter how good you are, that you can be a part of the real family of Abraham. He even tells the Jews, his Hebrew brothers, he's a Pharisee, he says it doesn't matter whether you keep the law or not because no one can. In fact, he says that we are more guilty than the Gentiles, the Jewish folks are, because we have the law. We've been given the truth. We know what the truth is. And then he says here in chapter 5, Look at chapter 5, verse 6. He says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, you know, the Galatians says, In the fullness of time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And look at verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified. I want you to see this. He keeps saying now, now. He says it three times in this passage. Now we have been justified by his blood, by the red blood of Christ. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. The anger, if you will, the, the holy reaction that God has. Not towards us, but towards sin. In verse 10, for if while we were, we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I want you to see three things in this passage as we consider the the purpose of Christmas. First is this, red is the color of love. You see this in verses 6 through 8. Notice how he describes us. We are helpless, we're ungodly, we are weak, he says. This word is used for one who was terminally ill, someone who was weak and sick and with no hope of getting better. We're helpless and hopeless apart from Christ. And then he says, someone might die for a good person. But here's his point. He's saying, hey, nobody is going to die for someone who's evil, a murderer, someone who deserves to die. You see, he's saying, in essence, nobody's down at the prison. Nobody's down at the courthouse saying, who's on death row? I'm here to take their place and die for them. That's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Many of us might think, well, I wasn't on death row. I've not been on death row. Yes, Paul says, yes, you were. And if you have not yet received Christ as your Savior, you are even now. You're heading towards an eternity apart from him. He even goes on to say that we are enemies of God. And yet in that state, he's come to rescue us from our sin. You see, Romans 1 through 3, if we were to look at it had time, this is your rap sheet. This is all of us. We are dead in our sin, and yet God has come to us in Christ. Secondly, I want you to see red is the color of rescue. We see it in verses 9 and 10. He says, now we have been justified. I want you to see a few words here. Justification, we see there. Many of us know that this is a legal term. It's a judicial kind of courtroom term. We've been made right. If you've received Christ, you've been declared innocent before a holy God. Can you believe it? I mean, this is what Christ has done for us. We have been declared innocent before him, though we're not. Because of his substitute, we've been justified. Some of you heard it said, just as if I've never sinned. We've been declared innocent. I often say, just as if I'd always obeyed him. 
Because Christ did on our behalf. He is our substitute. This word justification, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified, you see, we have peace with God. You've heard us sing about it. Peace on earth and goodwill towards those who've received his grace. Verse 9, he says, but there's much more. Watch this. Paul, he doesn't have enough superlatives. He keeps saying more, but there's more. Listen to what Christmas is about. Justification, it's also about redemption. Look at this. We've been bought back. We've been ransomed. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and uh, 19. It says, we've been ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. The way that others live who don't know him, not by perishable things. Silver and gold, often colors of Christmas, but by the precious red blood of Christ. Like, the la- like a lamb without blemish. Or spot because of the cross, which I love. I love the music that we've sung uh, uh, celebrating that Christ has come. But also the reason, the purpose that he's come is because he has died on the cross for us. Hebrews 9, 22, it says, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And with, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. See, sometimes I think we think, Jeff, just come on, let's just celebrate Christmas, a baby being born. But listen, without the cross, without the shed blood of Christ, Christmas is just a fairy tale. It's a good story at best. We've got to continue to get back to, and Paul says, but there's more. There's more. Christmas is about justification, redemption. It's also about propitiation. This is what he's saying when we've been saved from the red-hot wrath of God. Christ has become... Our wrath satisfier before God. This is what it means. He is the propitiation for our sins. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. It says, not, and not only ours, but for the whole world. Friends, we can share this great love with others because God has come. And on the cross, he remains holy and just because there had to be a payment for our sin. And he has paid the price on our behalf. Not only that, Paul says there's more. We've been reconciled. So there's, there's justification, redemption, propitiation, reconciliation. He can't come up with enough, enough words to describe all that God has done. Colossians 1, verse 20 and 21 says, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth and in heaven, making peace. Look at this. By the red blood shed on the cross for us. And you... You and I, once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Look at how he describes us before we come to Christ. See, we often think of the red blood of Christ when we think of the cross. But you know, uh, blood is also a source of life. And so Paul goes on. He says there's more. Thirdly, I want you to see this. Red is the color of rejoicing. Red is the color of rejoicing. More than that, he says, We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now, everybody say now, now have reconciliation. We've received it. And like the shepherds who joined in on what God was doing, they ran and they rejoiced, it says. They responded with fear at first and then rejoicing because they were caught up in what God was doing. Let me ask you, are you caught up in what God is doing? As you consider this Christmas season, over these next couple of weeks, I want to encourage you to to invite others to come and join us here. 
Invite your friends to come next Sunday. Come and join us on Christmas Eve. Because this word rejoice could also be translated to boast in. We boast in the reconciliation that's come to us in Christ. You know, we, we do a lot of boasting in our day, don't we? We boast in our position or maybe our possessions. We boast in our kids. We boast in our grandkids some grandparents who are here. All that's good. We boast in a lot of things. People are on social media. We boast about a meal we're eating. Look at this food I'm eating. I'm, I'm one up on you. My food's better than yours. Look at what a great life I have. We boast about all kinds of things. People will boast about a political position or a culture, a cultural uh, opinion more than they boast about Jesus Christ. When have you boasted about Christ? When's the last time you rejoiced, boasted in what he's done for you with others around you? We're quick to boast about all kinds of things. We sing about it. We boast on Sunday morning, don't we? We have boasted in the Lord today. Praise God. We have rejoiced in what he's done for us. It's one thing to do it here when we're all here together in this safe place, this sanctuary. It's quite another thing to go into our lives, to the office tomorrow, to your school tomorrow, with your neighbors, and boast of what Christ has done for you. Rejoice in him. This is what Paul is saying. We can't keep him silent. And in Revelation 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, reminds us that all of history is heading. Christmas has set in motion this rejoicing that will continue into eternity because Christ, the firstborn from the dead, is drawing us a triumphal procession of all who have received him, the ruler of the kings of the earth, king of kings and lord of lords, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood shed for us. As I close, you know, this week we celebrated the homegoing of George H.W. Bush. You may have caught uh, George W. Bush, his son's eulogy of his father. He noted that his dad almost died twice. We all know of the time he was pulled out of the ocean over the Pacific during World War II. But when he was a teenager, he almost died of a staph infection. And he said this of his father. He said, I think those brushes with death made him cherish the gift of life. And he vowed to live every day to the fullest. And he watched his dad do that. Have you decided to do so? You might say, well, Jeff, I've never had a brush with death. Listen, Paul says, oh, oh yes, you have. Someone said of chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, we... we we were so close to hell, we still smell like smoke. Do you smell it? We were so close, and yet Christ intervenes on our behalf. He comes at Christmas time. Praise be to God. Red is the color of love. He loves you today. Red is the color of rescue. He's rescued you from your sin. Red is the color of rejoicing. Let us rejoice. And what Christ has done for us. Let's pray together. I want to challenge you with your eyes closed and heads, heads bowed. I want to ask you, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Friend, don't let this Christmas go by. It's why the Lord brought you here right now in this moment by his spirit. He led you here right now. It's why we've presented this music. It's why every instrumentalist, every voice, every child, everyone who's sung 
pointing you to Christ this morning. If you're here and you're not certain, maybe you have been indifferent. Maybe you're a believer, but you've you got to be honest. You, don't, you haven't had a passion for Christ. You've not been rejoicing in what he's done for you. Lord, we give you our lives. And friend, if you're, if you're here and you've never received Christ, receive his grace now. Settle it once and for all right now. By faith, receive what he's done for you. He lived the perfect life for you because you could not. He was your substitute. He received the punishment that should have come to you by a just and holy, loving God. He brought that punishment upon his son. Receive his grace. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I give you my life. And I will rejoice in what you've done for me. I will boast only in the cross, in your grace, that I am now forgiven. Lord, we love you. And may we respond with great love, seeking to rescue others who don't know your grace. And as we go from this place, may we rejoice and boast in you and you alone. In Christ's name. Amen.